0: box13 at greatdetectives.net follow us on twitter at radiodetectives and check us out on instagram instagram.com slash greatdetectives I do want to encourage you if you have not already to pick up your copy of Slime Incorporated it's my first ever detective novel and it tells a story of murder and dirty politics set against the backdrop of the Idaho gubernatorial election the book is available as an ebook, an audiobook, or as a paperback you can find and that book, along with all my other uh, work, over at store.greatdetectives.net. But now let's get into this week's episode of Follow Vance. The original air date, October the 14th, 1948, and this one is The Golden Murder Case.
1: Tell me, Roger, please. There must be something else you see in the crystal ball. I've never heard anything so wonderful as the things you've been able to see.
2: Patience, Miss Stone. Patience. Yes, there is something. Only this is not so pleasant. Oh? You wish to hear it?
1: Of course. I can't understand how you knew the things you've told me. It's incredible that you should know them, and I want to know what it is you see now.
2: Very well. Attend, if you please. Miss Stone, there is someone whom you trust. Someone very close to you. Someone who is violating that trust. I, know this. I think not. No. No, that is not the name. The initials are... P. Uh, Let me see. P.G. The name is blurred, but it is coming through more clearly now. The name is Peter Golden. That is it. Peter Golden.
1: Mr. Golden? And he's cheating me? But he's my guardian. He has all my money. Tell me more, Roger. Please, more.
2: No, no, I cannot. There is nothing more now. Tomorrow, perhaps, but not now. I am sorry, Miss Stone... That is all.
1: Well, here's the hundred dollars we agreed upon, Roger. I'll be here tomorrow, and, and thank you. Thank you very much. Tomorrow, then.
2: Good day, Miss Stone.
3: Come out, Mr. Novis, please. It worked, didn't it, Roger? She believed what you told her. As much as I told her. You realize I've tried to tell her this myself, but she wouldn't listen. I require no explanation as to why you
2: see fit to give me information to be passed on to Miss Stone.
3: No, maybe not. But I just wanted to make sure my conscience was clear. You see, I work for Golden. He's been stealing from his stone for months.
2: I am quite sure that is so.
3: Well, there had to be some way for her to find out about this, Roger. I couldn't tell her, but if he keeps up his swindling, she'll be penniless.
2: Which would mean that you would be marrying
3: a penniless young lady. Yes, yes, I suppose so. Only, well, that isn't terribly important. No? No, I love K I love her very much. I'm greatly indebted to you for being the means whereby she knows about Golden. <laughs> At a hundred
2: dollars a visit, it's no trouble, I assure you.
3: Thank you. Only suppose this doesn't work. Suppose Golden convinces Kay that he isn't cheating her. Then what?
2: What? Well, that might call for a visit from me to Mr. Golden. Only, Mr. Novis, that visit will cost a good deal more than a hundred dollars. <coughs>
3: Yes, who is it? It's Dick Novus, Mr. Golden. You asked me to come to your office.
4: Come on in.
3: Hello, Mr. Golden.
4: Sit down, Novus. You know, one of the reasons I put your office at the other end of this floor is that you wouldn't get too close to me.
3: I don't think I understand. You
4: will. The point is that when I hired you, I didn't want you to know everything about my business. But apparently, you found out regardless. I
3: still don't know what you mean, sir. No?
4: No. Well, you see, I just received a call from Miss Stone. She said a lot of things nobody would know about. Nobody but me,
3: and apparently you. I haven't told her a thing about your mishandling her money. She
4: found out some way, I guarantee that. She's not sure, mind you, just suspicious. Right now, your job is to keep Miss Stone's mind off my business, Dick.
3: Make sure you do. And what if I don't? What if I won't stand by and watch you swindling my fiance? You will.
4: There are a few things about you that she might like to know about where you spent the five years before you came to this city.
3: You know about that?
4: Certainly. And make no mistake about it. I'd tell her in a minute, if you don't do things, my way. Boy,
3: you low underhand rat. This little gun
4: makes up for the difference in our age and physical abilities, Novus. It doesn't
3: scare me. I've got to convince you that telling care about my past would be a very wrong thing for you to do. A very wrong thing. Don't come any closer to me or I'll shoot. I'll shoot. Uh, Shoot, will you? I think not. I'll just take that... Gone away from you before you get into trouble with it. There, you'll be sorry about this, Lubis. Very
4: sorry. You'll be the sorriest man alive. Just as long as you stay alive.
1: You are Philo Vance, the private investigator.
3: Yes,
5: of course. Please sit down, Miss Stone.
1: Thank you.
5: And thank you for your promptness.
1: I imagine you're busy, Mr. Vance. I said on the telephone I'd be here at three.
5: Yes, you did, and it's three now. So suppose you tell me why you think you need my services.
1: A very important reason, Mr. Vance. Do you know anything about me?
5: Only that you were left a sizable fortune when your father died, and that the money is being invested for you.
1: Supposed to be invested for me, you mean? Peter Golden is my guardian and the executor of the estate. He's been cheating me.
5: Really? How do you know?
1: A fortune teller told me. (laughs) Oh, don't laugh, Mr. Vance. I I know it sounds silly, but he had facts and and amounts and dates. He's fantastically accurate.
2: He is, eh? Who is this great mystic?
1: His name is Raja Ramoy. I went to see him today for the first time. If what he says is true... I'm practically penniless.
5: You believe what a fortune teller says, Miss Stone?
1: Implicitly. My fiancé, Dick Novus, recommended him. I, Dick works for Peter Golan in the standard building, but the Raja told me things even Dick couldn't know. Nobody could know. it. He's psychic, Mr. Vance. Terribly psychic.
5: If you're so sold on him, Miss Stone, I think you made a mistake coming to me. You see, I don't happen to believe in anyone being able to call on the spirits for information whenever he finds it convenient. Or, shall I say...
1: But, Mr. Vance... I'm
5: sorry, Miss Stone. I deal in facts, not fancies. My suggestion would be for you to allow this rajah to settle your problems. I'm sorry I can't take your case.
1: All right, if that's the way...
5: Excuse me, please. Of course. Hello?
3: Hello, is uh, Miss Kay Stone there?
5: Why, yes, she is. Uh, just a moment, please.
3: For you, Miss Stone.
1: Oh, that must be Dick. I left a note for him telling him where I'd be. Yeah. Thank
3: you, Mr. Van. Hello? Hello? Hello, Kay. I got your message to call this number. Where are you?
1: I'll explain later. You're at the office, Dick? Yeah. Where's Golden?
3: In his private office down the hall. Why? Where are you?
1: With a friend, Dick. I'd like him to talk to you. His name is, uh, Brown.
3: Okay, put him on.
1: Please, Mr.
2: Vance. But I don't have anything to say to you, Mr. Vance.
1: Well, Please, Mr. Vance, just
2: as a favor. All right.
1: Thanks. Dick, here is Mr. Brown. Uh, Mr. Brown, Mr. Novus.
2: Uh,
5: hello, Novus. Hello, Brown. I really don't know what I'm supposed to say to you. I've just told Miss Stone I can't... Novus, are you there?
3: Yes, I'm here. That shot came from Golden's private office down the hall. Hold the phone. I'm going to investigate.
1: What happened then?
5: I'm not sure yet. I'll have to wait until Novus gets back.
1: Where did he go? Down
5: the hall to Golden's private office.
1: But he was talking to you on the phone.
5: That's right. But you see, there was a shot fired. What? Novus is sure it came from Golden's office. He's gone to find out. A shot? That's right. What? Impotent feeling, isn't it, Miss Stone, to have to stand here and hold the telephone while a murder might have been taking place? You think that... Hello, Brown? Yes? Brown,
3: yeah. I've just come from Golden's office. He's lying face down on the floor and there's a bullet wound in his head. I think I heard footsteps racing down the stairs, but I was afraid to follow whoever it was. Uh, What shall I do?
5: Leave everything just as it is. I'm sending Miss Stone to her home. You meet her there. I'll want to talk to both of you later. Right now, I'm going to call District Attorney Markham and invite him to a murder...
6: we meet in strange surroundings, but in a familiar circumstance. Mr. Golden is quite dead, the medical examiner assured me.
5: I never doubted that, Markham. His private office is furnished rather well, don't you think?
6: Yes, in fine taste. And his murderer had the bad taste to leave us practically clueless, as usual.
5: Lack of obvious clues hasn't deterred us on other cases, Markham.
6: <laughs> hasn't deterred you, you mean. <laughs> I'm just old-fashioned enough to want a lead to a killer. So do I.
5: Only it isn't necessary for it to be out in the open... For instance, Markham, this tells me a lot.
6: Vance, what in the world did you climb on that chair for?
5: I wanted to take a look at the wall. Closer look, that is. Very interesting.
6: A wall is interesting? Now, Vance, you... It
5: provided me with a possible clue, Markham.
6: How? It's an ordinary wall. There's a little accumulated dust or something up where you look, but what's that?
5: That is the clue to our killer, Markham. Oh, no imagine the murderer would rather believe your remark than mine, but I'll stick with my theory for a while.
6: I don't think I'm not glad you're going to. Uh, Vance, who was this golden fellow anyhow?
5: He was guardian for the money left to a girl named Kay Stone, for one thing, Markham. She was in my office when we heard a shot over the telephone.
6: You were talking to the dead man?
5: No, to Mr. Novus, Miss Stone's fiancée. Oh. I took the liberty of sending Miss Stone to
6: her home and of asking Mr. Novus to meet her there. I don't see where that was such a liberty, Vance. Novus couldn't have been guilty if he was talking to you over the telephone when the shot was fired.
5: That doesn't seem possible, does it,
6: Markham? Of course not. There are some things, Vance, which even I am willing to bet can't be done.
5: That may be, but if I were you, my friend, I wouldn't say this was one of them.
1: There isn't anything we can do, Dick, except sit tight and wait for the police to get here to questions. Uh... You know why I introduced Philo Vance to you over the telephone of Mr. Brown.
3: Well, I understand why you did it, only it was a little ridiculous.
1: Well, yeah, maybe, view of what followed. Oh, excuse me. Sir. Well, certainly. Hello?
2: Miss Stone? Yes? This is Roger Ramoy. I have something very important to tell you.
1: Well, not now.
2: Oh, but definitely now. It seems that I have done you quite a favor, and I don't want it to be wasted.
1: What do you mean?
2: Haven't you heard? Peter Golden is dead. Killed. It is important I see you.
1: I'll call you back.
2: Please do. I went to a great deal of trouble. I would rather it were not done for nothing.
3: Goodbye. Goodbye. Who was that?
1: That fortune teller you took me to. He had something to tell me.
3: Okay, listen. That, that man's a fake. What? Everything he told you, I had told him. I wanted you to know about Golden. You don't have to see the Raja anymore. You don't have to go near him. Anymore.
1: I don't know, Dick. He seems to feel that I do. And somehow, so do I.
6: This is Miss Stone's home, Vance. Is this the place where our mystery comes to an end? Perhaps.
5: All I can do is hope.
6: There's one thing I don't understand,
5: Vance. Then you're lucky. There are a lot of things that I don't. (laughs) One thing I do understand, however, is that this is a bell. And if we're going to get in to see Miss Stone and the Fiance, we ought to ring it.
6: There. Vance, I've never known you to be so mysterious before, so reluctant to tell me anything.
5: That could be for an excellent reason, Markham.
6: You mean you don't know anything about this case? Well, let's
5: say I don't know enough. Oh, Miss Stone, may we come in?
1: Hello, Mr. Vance. Please do.
5: Thank you. This is District Attorney Markham.
1: How do you do? How do you do? Mr. Novus is in the library. You uh, wanted to talk to him, Mr. Vance?
5: I most certainly do. And I wonder if you'd mind waiting out here in the hall with Mr. Markham.
1: I don't think I understand.
5: Neither do I, Miss Stone, but I imagine it might be a good thing for us to do. Thank you, Markham. I won't be long.
1: All right, Vance. We'll be waiting. In
5: here, Miss Stone? Yes. Thank you. How do you do? I'm Philo Vance.
3: Yes, I imagined it would be you. What do you want with me, Vance?
5: A little cooperation, for one thing. Well,
3: now, let's talk straight. You're going to find I have a record that I served time in jail years ago. You know, I was down down the hall in my office when Golden was murdered. Now, what do you want with me? You were down the hall, you're saying? No, I was. I was talking to you over the telephone when we heard the shot. Kay told me you were
5: Mr. Brown. That's quite right. Now, inasmuch as you were on the telephone when the shot was fired, you want to know what I want with you. Is that correct? Yes. Very simple, Mr. Novus. You see, two people are involved in the murder. You might very well be one of those two.
6: This is District Attorney Markham. The Golden murder case opened with the finding of the murdered body of Peter Golden executor for the estate of K. Stone. Philo Vance has discovered that Golden was cheating Miss Stone and that that fact was known to Dick Novus, Golden's assistant and Miss Stone's fiancée. He has also found out that Miss Stone had been to a fortune teller named Rajah Ramoy before going to his office. And it was while she was in his office and Vance was talking on the telephone to Novus that a shot was heard and Novus, investigating, found Golden murdered. Vance is of the opinion that two people are involved in the murder and has gone to see Raja Ramoy, who, I have been told, at the moment has
2: another visitor, K. Stone. It should be...
1: Well, Raja, what is it?
2: Miss Stone, my crystal ball shows Let's me... forget
1: that crystal ball stuff, Raja. Oh? You said you had something to tell me about Peter Golden's death. I think I know what it is.
2: Very well. Then suppose you tell me...
1: You wanted to tell me you killed Golden and that you expect me to pay you. Who's that?
2: I don't know. But I shall find out. Come in. It's bad.
5: Good evening, Miss Stone. This, I imagine, is the eminent Raja Ramoy.
2: You are Philo Vance. What is it you want?
5: I understand you have a remarkable crystal ball, Raja. I would like to see it. See it? Of course you can see it. But it'll tell you nothing. No, I don't suppose it will. Perhaps you'll tell me, Raja... It seems that Miss Stone was in my office at 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon when we heard a shot. Yeah? Look in your crystal ball, Roger. Or better still, perhaps you'd better have a more tangible witness. Because you see, very shortly, you're going to be called upon to say where you were at 3 o'clock yesterday. Markham.
6: That's you, Vance. i have been here in the murder room.
5: Right, Markham. You shouldn't be too difficult to find. And you're not. How
6: are you? As well as can be expected, and just about as perplexed. Vance, I've gone over this room with the proverbial fine tooth comb, and I can't for the life of me see what you've made seem like a clue.
5: I'm prepared to tell
6: you very shortly, my friend. Have you anything to tell me? Not especially. Is the medical examiner's statement about the death of Mr. Golden. I don't believe it's terribly enlightening, though. Bullet entered the head, death instantaneous, that sort of thing. Mind if I see it? Oh, not at all. Here you are. Hmm. And what, may I ask, are you humming about? Nothing important. That's what I said. There's nothing terribly exciting in that information.
5: What would you call terribly exciting, Markham?
6: Well, for one thing, knowing who killed Peter Golden.
5: Oh, I'm pretty sure I know who killed Peter Golden, Markham. What I want to know is who fired the shot. <laughs>
2: You and Miss Stone understand now why it is imperative I came here so we could have this chat, Mr. Novus.
3: Yes. Yes, I suppose so, Roger. What I suggest
2: is very simple, is it not, Miss Stone?
3: Very. Oh, it isn't so simple for the one of us who had nothing to do with the murder.
2: Let us not split hairs, Mr. Novus. Let me put it even more simply than I have done. You came to me originally to have me tell Miss Stone several things about Mr. Golden.
3: Well, that's right. But I've already told her I did that. Yes.
2: Yeah. Wait, please. You're too hasty, Mr. Novus. It is possible, of course, that Mr. Golden knew... As I know, but you are an ex-convict.
1: Oh, you dirty... Never no, no mind, Dick, I knew that. It didn't make any difference before. Don't see to it that it does now.
2: Go ahead, Roger. It's so simple. My little Vance thinks one of us killed Golden. So far, I do not think he knows which one. That is, if one of us killed him. Personally, I have an alibi for my whereabouts at three o'clock the afternoon Mr. Golden was killed. Well, so have I. I was on the phone talking to Vance. And
1: I was in his office.
2: Vance knows something which we do not know. Let us assume, then, that none of us three killed Mr. Golden. In view of that, let us keep what we know about each other and about him away from the police.
1: I already told Vance that Golden was cheating.
2: That was not wise.
1: Why not? I had nothing to hide. No, Roger, I want no part of your plan. I'm going to answer any question they ask. And
3: that goes for me, too.
2: That leaves me no alternative but to do the same. Unfortunately, for one of you...
1: I'll answer that. Hello?
2: Hello. Is that you, Miss Stone?
1: Yes? Who is this?
2: Philo Vance.
5: May I invite you to a reading of Rajah Ramoy's Crystal Ball?
1: What do you mean?
5: I mean that I would like you and your fiancé to be at the Rajah studio in an hour.
1: Well, Dick is here with me now. I'll tell him. Thank you.
5: Oh, by the way, I happen to know Rajah Ramoy is there with you, too. Please tell him that he also is cordially invited to be at
4: his place, then. <laughs>
5: Draw the curtains, please, Markham. I want the room quite dark.
2: Right, Vance. You're going to use my crystal ball,
5: Vance. It works equally well in the light, believe me. Perhaps it won't for amateurs like myself, Roger.
1: What do you expect to see in the crystal, Mr. Vance?
5: The murderer of Peter Golden. Oh. You see, Miss Stone, perhaps Golden did deserve to die for cheating you out of your money. But the decision to take life does not rest with any of us. You agree, Mr. Novus? Forget about me, Vance. Go ahead with that foolishness. Very well. Please, everyone, keep very quiet if you don't mind.
1: Of course.
5: Uh, before I start this experiment, Roger Ramoy, do you have a gun? Why, no. No? It seems to me that at police headquarters this morning, I saw a license
2: issued to you, giving you permission to possess a firearm. Oh, that's right. that that's a blank cartridge pistol. I use it in my act when I appear on the stage. You are seated at my place at this table. There's a drawer right in front of you. The pistol is in there. But believe me, it is loaded with blanks. We'll see. Yes, here it is.
5: I'd like to fire it now. Vance. Not at anyone in particular, Markham. Just at this wall.
6: (gasps) Yes, it shoots blanks all right, Vance. There's no bullet in the wall. I
5: wanted to be sure. Now for the experiment with the crystal ball. I see in it many things. Hatred for his employer for several reasons by Mr. Dick Novus.
3: Why should I hate him? He
5: knew about your past and he was cheating your fiancé. I also see in it a visit by the great Rajah Ramoy to Mr. Golden's office. If I am
2: not mistaken,
5: he was about to sell him some information.
2: What information Mr. you were going to
5: ask him how much it would be worth if you did not tell Miss Stone all the details of his swindling? I was I think so, and I think that inasmuch as you knew that what you were doing amounted to blackmail, you brought your gun, your blank cartridge gun along with you.
2: Why would I do that?
5: Just in case Mr. Golden resented being blackmailed. You'd use the gun merely to threaten him if he seemed bent on throwing you out of his office.
2: That perhaps is so. But it means I did not kill him, doesn't it, Mr. Vance? After all, what I had was a blank cartridge pistol. You can't kill with that. No, but you could fire the
5: gun to create an alibi which you could explode any time you liked in the event the person you were alibying
2: for refused to kill you. I should never have allowed you to use my crystal ball, Vance. Apparently, it works as well for you as it did for me. What else do you see in it?
5: I see a young lady named Kay Stone... who could conceivably have gone temporarily insane... when she found that the man she thought was a friend... had made her penniless.
2: That means you
1: think I killed him.
5: What I've tried to show was that all three of you had motives. Good motives.
3: We all have good alibis for the time he was shot, too, Vance. Don't forget that.
5: No. Pardon my correcting, Mr. Novus. You all have alibis for 3 o'clock, the time the shot was heard... But Mr. Golden was killed before that blank cartridge gun was fired. And the name of his murderer... Yes? Yes, Vance, the name? The name of his murderer is...
1: Tell us if you see it. Tell us.
5: Turn that last lamp out, Markham. I can read it more clearly. Right? That's better. In absolute darkness, one light remains. The light in this crystal ball. It tells me that the name of the killer of Peter Golden is Kay Stone. Lights, Markham, fight! She, she got away, man, she got away! Not very far, Mr. Novus. Apparently, my pretending to read the crystal ball was too close to home. But we have several policemen downstairs prepared to seize anyone fleeing from this room. No, she didn't get away, believe me, she didn't. She didn't get away from us or with murder. <laughs>
1: I, Case Stone, of my own free will and volition confessed to shooting Peter Golden in his office I shot him and went directly to Philo Vance's office
6: Have you taken that down, Mr. Face?
2: <laughs> yes, I have, Mr. Markham
4: You killed
5: him because he stole that money from you, didn't you, Miss Stone?
2: That was the reason, Vance
1: that...
6: And you went to Vance's office so that you'd have an alibi having been there when Vance heard the shot over the telephone
1: No, no, I knew nothing about any shot I went there to ask Vance to investigate Golden and, and my fiance. I knew he'd find Golden dead, but would suspect Dick when he found out about his jail record.
6: How little she knew you,
1: Vance.
6: <laughs> what about this business of the shot you heard? Didn't she really know about that? Quite possibly not,
5: Markham. You see, what happened was this. Of course, I wasn't reading any Christmas ball, but just as I said at the Rajah's house, the Rajah did go to see Golden, but he found him dead in his private office. Then he heard Dick Novus speaking on the telephone to Miss Stone and then to me, and he thought he'd give either one of them an alibi. Either one of them? Whichever one had killed Golden. Oh. You see, he didn't know which one at the time, but he figured that later on one of them would be good for a little blackmailing. So he fired his blank cartridge gun into the wall while Novus was on the phone. But how did you know that? That smudge on the wall. The one I investigated the first time we went up to Golden's office, Markham? Yes. That told me a blank cartridge gun had been fired. That had left powder marks on the wall. Well, I had to build the rest of this case from that.
1: You built it too well, Vance. Too well to suit me.
5: It had to be you, Miss Stone. You told me you left a note for Mr. Novus. That was the reason he was telephoning you at my office. If you left a note, you had to have been at his office. If you were at his office, it is very conceivable that you killed Golden.
1: Well, that's what happened, all right. I did go up there. And when I saw his smug face looking at me, laughing at me after he cheated me out of hundreds of thousands of dollars, I fired. And that was the end of him.
5: No question about that, Miss Stone. Markham. Yes? There's no question about the fact either that this is the end of the golden murder case.
0: Welcome back. I really had a sense that the heiress was the killer just because of the whole phone call thing. Either she was the killer or was in on it because that was just such a weird thing to have her fiancé talk to Vance under an assumed name over the phone. To have him talk to Vance at all, that was inexplicable to me if it wasn't part of the uh, murder. And there really, the rest of the episode, a lot of other red herrings, a lot of other points, but nothing really equaled that. So I wasn't surprised at the solution. It is interesting the writers kind of worked to make her less sympathetic by having her set out to intentionally frame her fiancé for the crime. I think the audience might be a bit more forgiving of the fact that he murdered a man who reduced her to poverty through his embezzlement, not framing someone who had only looked out for her best interest. That was really cool. Well, now it is time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Lisa Patreon supporter since July of 2015, currently supporting us at the shameless level of $4 or more per month. Well, that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this uh, podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Philo Vance. But coming up tomorrow, it's an adventure with... Man with the action-packed expense account. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, where...
1: Well, I, uh, I guess I'd better get upstairs.
0: Nice meeting you. It's
1: nice meeting you. Will you be staying, I mean, will you be around for any length of time while you're investigating the fire?
4: Well, that's hard to say. I hope so. Hello, Chris. Oh, hi, Dad. How was the game?
2: Fine.
4: Mr. Dollar? Yes, sir. I'm Lester Matson. How do you do? You two have met? Yes.
2: Yes, I was
1: just on my way upstairs. See you later, Dad. Goodbye, Mr. Dollar.
4: Goodbye. Well, uh, your company notified me you'd be coming down, Mr. Delman. Uh, you have a seat. You're uh, an investigator. That's right. The police have already made a pretty thorough investigation. Yes, I've talked with Lieutenant Ridgway. Well, I can't tell you any more than I've already told them. You were at a party the night of the fire? That's correct. It's all in the report. With your daughter? Yes. When did you find out about the fire? When I arrived home. Mr. Dollar, I explained to you... That you've said everything to the police, yes. That's right. There's
0: absolutely nothing I can possibly add Mr.
6: Matson, you're insured with my company for a lot of money.
0: I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net, technical uh, questions to andrew at greatdetectives.net, And follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing
1: off.